mortgages, basically. Right? They've got their one for their primary, their primary residence. They've got a second one to pay their educational debt. Part B excess, right, is a, would be a completely rational answer for the physician. The one that would cover it for the, for the consumer, that is you, audience, is Plan G. I got something for you. We got a price for $8.46 at Walmart, $8.19 at Target. I take it as flattery. That means it's on somebody's ra- on these two groups' radar. By the way, if you are a new subscriber to Jay's Corner, a new paid subscriber where you get all of this plus extra insight, I'll send you the book at the best price, of course, which is zero. Financial matters are kind of like a jigsaw puzzle. No matter what stage of life, whether you're a millennial, whether you're Gen X, whether you're in retirement, Jay's Corner is the name of the YouTube channel as well as the name of the newsletter. You know, I know it's natural that people shake their head and say, well, you know, it shouldn't be this way, or I don't understand why it has to be so complicated. I'm just going to tell you that that's not... That's a different channel. That's a different topic. That's a different discussion entirely. I'm not out here trying to cast judgment on your individual jigsaw puzzle, how the pieces fit or don't. What I do know is the amount of noise that you're hit with is incredible. This is the world that we have. Let's try to do the best with the rules as given. Jay's Corner is here to help. CMS is planning to cut physician pay by 4.4%. It's the number that's going to grab the headlines. Obviously, they're going to be not going to be very, very happy. Notably, the American Medical Association threatens patient access. And so, of course, they're going to be coming out and you'll see it in the coming days. Literally, this is brand new. So back to the book, Maximize Your Medicare. There are a number of observations in the book. There are kind of like two things about the book. First of all, it is a consolidated strategy to explain how, how Medicare works in, in under one voice. For me, that's very, very important. It's important because all of the different fragments and we're getting it now. My concern was that the misunderstanding was incredible. They don't understand, people don't understand financial contracts. Medicare is insurance. Insurance is a financial contract. A lot of components to Medicare, a lot. And it's not only the different parts, the enrollment rules, and then what your different options and the timing and jargon, all of which is new, which is all valid. In addition to that, a number of things that because of the fact that Medicare is funded by tax dollars, both the trust fund plus an additional amount on top of that, and because it is so big, and because of the fact that 60, 65 million people on Medicare, 10,000 people a day, will not stop, of course. That is in- inevitable. And because of that, that there's going to be demographic and fiscal stress on the system. Everyone knows this. They're not people understood the ripple effects onto people. Your choices, how Medicare could work in the future, I was entirely skeptical of that. I'm still skeptical. But now you can understand why I've got this here. Stakeholders here are huge. Not only doctors, hospitals, insurance, all of the other healthcare providers, nurses, for example. The number of farm, big pharma, of course. The number of different stakeholders is enormous. 
and each group is going to have a very specific point of view, which is going to look and be completely rational given their perspective. I studied political science uh, when I was in Ann Arbor, and the very first book, one of the very most important first books I read, was something called Essence of Decision. Anyway, it's a study of the Cuban Missile Crisis from Graham T. Allison. Awesome book. Important book. And in there, basically, what he's doing is he's basically trying to describe a concept called Miles' Law. Where you stand depends on where you sit. You can understand how certain decisions get made, how different perspectives are made, and that's basically what he said. And now you can see the doctor's one here. The reason this is important is that now that we're going to move on to the guts. For me, it was always inevitable, meaning that because of the demographic and fiscal stress, because of the fact that we have this big red number at the federal government level, you're going to have the government must, almost must, deal with it. have to ask the stakeholders. They're going to put pressure on stakeholders, including consumers. It means Medicare beneficiaries. You can see, of course, that the Medicare payment schedule to that threatened patient access. And you can see this is, you know, entirely entirely reasonable from their point of view. These two account for inflation in practice costs and COVID-related challenges to practice sustainability. Also, a significant damaging across-the-board reduction in permanent and payment rates and rational from their point of view. The cost of becoming a medical doctor, exorbitant. Right? If you take my two schools, when I, when I present in public, you're talking about half a million dollars in tuition. Say a place to sleep, I didn't say the cost of books. I didn't talk about even a single bottle of beer. A care physician in small town America cannot basically be in private practice for them, him, him or herself. In fact, you'll see that most small towns that the, it, that you've got offices part of hospital systems. That in addition to all of this, from the beginning, a number of different things. So this is the 2022 edition. The 2013 edition, the first edition, basically what I, or 2012, 2013, it's, it's been a long time, but that's not that important. What is important is the fact that because of the setups, I had a number of different observations. Well, that the fiscal and demographic challenges were going to be real and the stakeholders were going to be put under pressure. Where? Retiree health benefits. And you've seen that come to fruition, of course. Right, you've seen either discontinuation, overwhelming cost of other post-retirement benefits, which basically is your health benefits, either discontinued, diluted, or changed in a fundamental way, and the retirees would have to deal with it. Again, this is not Jay saying, see, I told you so, but it, because of the setup, number two is the fact that Medigap changed. This is the official version of the federal government's um, document. Many people have seen this. There is a link on the Maximize Your Medicare. Here's the standardized grid. A grid publicly widely available. Well, I said, look, as a result of the ongoing stresses that, that Medigap plans have changed, and you can reasonably expect them to change again. For example, you'll see in here. In between G and K are other letters that used to exist and no longer. Macra ended Plan C 
Plan F, the availability to new Medicare beneficiaries. For me, that made total sense because that was just, an, that was just another example of the stresses. Why? And the simple reason is because those two plans paid for the Part B deductible. Yeah, and you can see the downline stresses that they would have is that, look, the CMS is not the one paying for the deductible. It's the Medigap carriers. But even then, because of that, that would increase the possibility of lots of people seeking health care services they don't need. Or it also it would address the natural incentive for excessive amounts of health care services from one perspective or another whether that be the patient, the hypochondriac, or the overzealous healthcare provider who's saying, okay, come in for my monthly MRI. Medicare becoming the payer of 80% of Part B services, right? That's the part that Part B pays for. And then leaving either Medigap to pay or Medicare Advantage to arrange for the payment. The first 80%, since the CMS is the first payer, when it comes to Medigap, for me, became a target and voila, my French is terrible, basically transpired. The setup and the stresses made it inevitable. For me, inevitable and entirely reasonable. I mean, it's not fair. It wasn't about fairness. It was was, this is the stresses, overwhelmed in size, scale, scope, red number at the fiscal level. But inside the book, consistently inside the book, is this approach of different things to consider. And as a result, what people should therefore then consider. So now we've got the pay cut of this. this the punchline, which is this to me is not well considered when thinking through plan G and plan N under Medigap. Those are the two most popular plans. People who have looked at it, people who have considered it, know this. Plan G, Plan N. They are identical. Part a, for example, the coverage under Plan G is identical to the coverage under Plan N, as you can see the columns I just highlighted there. The differences, however, are down here. You can see this. Okay. You have to pay office visits, ER visits, and if you are using Plan N, up to $20 and up to $50 possibly for emergency room visits. Those are the max. In addition to that, there's this box here, which is the Part B excess charge. People who look and feel, they don't look and feel like me, but yeah, they don't. <laughs> I hope they don't look like me. That would be bad for them. But anyway, my point is, is that these people trying to opine and give you guidance, information about Plan G versus Plan N. Always had this opinion. And inside of Maximize Your Medicare from inception has been a description of excess charge. Since the beginning has been a description about what it is and its possible impact. And excess charge is basically... The physician's right, the health care provider's right under Part B services to charge up to 15% more than 
the proposed scale, which is, let's just go here. I created something here for you. And actually, I didn't erase it. Thank goodness. So let's just take a quick look. The Part B excess. And so the two plans differ in this way. And here is the equation that I typed while I spoke for 90 minutes this morning and did not broadcast. The proof charge in, in 2022 is $100. In 2023, it's going down by 4.4% to 95.6. Here is now you're the primary care physician. Right, in small town America who trying to open have their own private practice. Someone has to swallow this 4.4. Medicare is pushing it down to doctors at a time that, you know, what is it? Fast food starts at 1550, something like that. You can see lots of sign, help wanted sign everywhere. But nevertheless, from physicians down from 100 to 95.5. Likelihood of the part to be excess, right? And again, this is back to the setup. I promised you I had a reason for the introduction here today. And that may have seemed like Jay just jibber jabbering. You may think that anyway. But the reality is that the part B excess, right, is it would be a completely rational answer for the physician who could simply just say, look, I have three five hundred thousand dollars of educational bills over here, and I took a loan for every single penny. Mortgages, basically, right? They've got their one for their primary their primary residence. They've got a second one to pay their educational debt. So much so that there's such a thing as physicians' mortgage, right? Because otherwise, a banker, a, the lender would say, okay, what are you, you know, what are your borrowings? They see, oh, minus five hundred thousand dollars in educational debt. Uh, thank you very much. Have a nice day. Is that you're asking the physician to bite it, bite the bullet here by 4.4%. We can agree that since the physicians have this ability and it would be rational to choose to do that, you're asking them to take a pay cut at a time that their bills continue to be in today's dollar. Fails to account for inflation in practice costs. They make plenty of money. It's not fair. They shouldn't do this. They shouldn't do that. Let me just put it, ask you in this way, in a rhetorical sense. That's your sister with that amount of medical debt or educational debt. That's your child. That's your grandchild. What do you tell them to do? There's this path. You can charge the Part B excess, which is 15% more for the services compared to your lowered number. Right, which is now 95, their revenue 95.6. Let's just see what happens. And I've not done this, right? 95.6 times 1.15 equals there. And beat inflation, right? From, from 100 to 109.94. Probably still doesn't beat inflation in, in effective terms, which was always the path it would have been totally reasonable. Well, guess what? The one that would cover it. Which, the one that would cover it for the for the consumer that is you, audience is Plan G, and that would explain part of why there must be a price difference between these two, which is the purple here. So what you have is you'll you can observe what the price difference is going to be, meaning that pairing between Plan G and Plan N, if you were considering retiring. 
the thing that glossed over in most YouTube videos, most, is the reality. Remember, most specifically in Texas, there's a gentleman who asked a number of months ago, said, look, Jay, I think you're blowing hot air because my do I've never seen this. My doctor never has done this, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, that's today as if nothing changes. Possible that plan G equals plan N in terms of premium. No way, right? Because you can see this bold. Plan G should equal plan N. No carrier offers these two at, this, at the same price. They should not be. It's mathematically obvious why that cannot be the case. N has to be cheaper than G. And it's because of these extra things that plan N does not cover that plan G does. That's it. And there they are here. So now your question is, okay, and here is an estimate. For a year, $80. Let's just say ER once every two years, right? So I'm not sitting here saying that I'm going to the ER every week. And then you have the Part B excess. 105 divided by 12. Okay. Those are 105 divided by 12. $8.75 plus X question mark. So now the question then becomes, right? What's the market price difference here for this charge? Not only for today, but for the future going forward. The setup here for the for the last 20 minutes, and the reason it's been this important, as you're considering these two, the, I've given you now an explanation, which was always inside the book, is the fact that these components not well understood with a totally reasonable rational pathway and how you could this could occur. And the and how the link back to Medicare consumers would work and how you could get to a possible result in the absence of a crystal ball now, they could then come to light. And then we've got an actual price difference. And right here under here, let's just say it's $25 a month. Not Jay's money, right? I respect that. If after this conversation, you say, look, I am interested in Medigap. I still want to have Medigap. That's reasonable. The inherent quality of Medigap inherent. It's not actually, it's not the fact of the, this coverage here and the fact that it's 100%. It's the fact that the language can't move. It's the fact that the language doesn't change from carrier to carrier. Those are more important aspects. Those inherent characteristics. Anyway, since that's the case, and once you've calculated, and now you can decide after you understand this, this information in purple. Well, the Part B access is meaningless. I never see it. And you might see as a consumer, I don't see it today. That doesn't mean it doesn't happen in the future or gives you some insight on what possible inputs, reasonable, rational ones could be. And lots of other videos to say, okay, well, the, the rate of change of plan G is going to be greater than plan N. Well, I've already stated, I don't think that that is going to be the case because candidly speaking, that completely forgets the idea or disregards 
the idea that the carriers are competing so fiercely against each other that that is keeping them in check. And by the way, my receipts now is actual data with you because the information comes to me just says not to be distributed to the public. I can share with you though, that when carriers report to us, what the rate of change is and in right rate of Medigap premium increases to be that the rate of increase of plan N isn't the reversed. I'll give you a last example on how competitive the world is. Just the other day in Southeast Michigan, I found 12 sellers of plan G within $5 a month, 12. They've got the numbers right. And they are not only trying to win your business, but they're trying to compete against each other and they're watching each other. A commercial reality that is obvious to me. Why? Because while I didn't work at insurance companies, I worked at financial companies whose absolute idea is mimic the other guy, make sure we're absolutely on razor's edge of pricing competitiveness. Now you can see the number of different ripple effects when it comes down to all the different stresses and its possible effect on per the Medicare beneficiary population. Okay, let's move on. $8 said Target. It's probably flattery actually. It's on somebody's right on these two groups radar. I think my point is, is that maybe they slash all the books. It doesn't usually occur that way, right? There would have to be some book of some note in some need. A new paid subscriber where you get all of this plus extra insight. I'll send you the book at the best price, of course, which is zero. All right, everyone. Sorry for the snafu earlier today. <laughs> Highly personally embarrassing, not that surprising because, you know, I'm still not in full command and I candidly don't have time for staff, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, write me a script as I'm supposed to do and all that kind of thing. However, I'm still committed to the idea that this is very important information. Hopefully you've gotten something from it. Be sure to like and subscribe to the channel. That is how other persons become aware of either the fragment and most importantly, how the pieces fit together.